Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Gather Change Show. Today I'm joined by Thomas McLaughlin, who I'm excited to have on the show today because he's, he's kind of in the future for all of us Australian listeners and for anyone listening anywhere else in the world. Uh, he, you know, if you're in the States, you've got to connect with uh, Thomas as well. Uh, Thomas has a background in investment banking. He's got all of, all of the uh, big shiny certificates on the wall. He's a very smart guy, and that's why I wanted to bring him on today. Um, and he's a huge sports fan, and he's doing some very cool things uh, in, 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 in the months and years ahead in the sports equity crowdfunding space. So it's good to have you on today, Thomas. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Roscoe. And uh, I appreciate the intro. That's pretty much spot on. And uh, I'm looking forward to a good show. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So, you know, like I did touch on there in your intro that, you know, you'd spent time in investment banking and, and you've, you, you've kind of looked at the world through the old model and, and, you know, you're in this period of like going over into this completely new model. Can you tell us a bit of, you know, your background and, and, and what you noticed along the way and what happened to get you, you know, into this, into this passion of crowdfunding? Yeah, sure. So I think going as far back as... Just growing up, uh, I grew up about an hour outside of New York City, and uh, I was very attracted to sort of like the big job in the city. And so I uh, got a scholarship to um, a private college. I studied accounting and finance, and uh, I sort of weaseled my way into uh, an investment banking group at one of the big banks at the time, Bank of America, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a very it's – it's a huge organization, and I learned a lot. I put in my time. But um, I sort of saw the change that was happening, and crowdfunding excited me. So after, you know, a couple of years of banking, um, I had been reading about the Jobs Act, and I kind of saw what this could bring in terms of change to the economy and all of the benefits, as well as there was a business opportunity for myself. So uh, connecting sports and equity crowdfunding, um, I'm putting together a business and, uh, you know, taking that entrepreneurial leap of faith. Um, I think crowdfunding is good for the economy overall, uh, creates a lot of jobs. And I think most important, too, eventually it's going to present uh, very attractive investment opportunities to people that just could not have done that previously. Uh, it's an asset mm -hmm. class that is good for investment. So uh, I kind of got a little bit off track, but, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at <laughs> now and uh, where I came from. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And so tell me, like, what was the, you know, what was your first touch point with crowdfunding? Like, where did you very first see it, and what got you curious, and why are you, you know, continuing down that path? Yeah, sure. So, right when I started uh, working at Bank of America, um, I had started hearing about something called the Jobs Act that went through, which was the shift in equity crowdfunding in the U.S. And uh, there were a lot of parallels to the job I was doing. So I had a couple of friends that worked at startups at the time. And uh, towards, you know, a couple of years later, I started becoming involved in just sort of mentoring uh, entrepreneurs on raising capital. And so I think that's where I first touched point with it. And, uh, you know, about a year ago, I started 
giving advice to companies looking to raise capital, and uh, I thought it was a natural segue. So um, touching you know, crowdfunding for the first time here, it was for me a lot, like learning all of the regulations and then passing that on to entrepreneurs because it's, uh, it's kind of a big learning process. It's uh, yeah. something that people need to get up to speed on because there are big promises, but there's a lot of work. And uh, anyway, the one company I worked with, uh, I had started preparing them for an equity crowdfunding campaign, and uh, they actually got funded by one uh, venture capital firm, but I went through the process of helping them uh, basically put together the application uh, for the SEC. But I have to have the caveat that business in particular had a big user base and a strong email list. So, um, yeah, sure. Yeah, that that's the latest that campaign. Hey, so let me, let me, one thing I'm hearing in here that's really interesting is that the um, – is, and we'll come back to that campaign, sorry. So one thing that uh, I'm hearing that's really interesting in here is, is you, you went through that landscape of that transitioning into the Jobs Act, specifically, and you know, you had a lot, you were really close to the fire around the legislation and stuff like that. In Australia, we're about to go through this whole dynamic in the, in the months ahead. Uh, what did you notice, uh, what, what behaviours did you notice in entrepreneurs? Were they like, were the, did they think that, you know, suddenly the floodgates opened and then they got a shock or... Or, like, what, what did you notice? How did people react? What can we kind of expect in our landscape over here? Yeah, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, I, I would say initially there was uh, this crowdfunding space in the U.S. where people would crowdfund for a particular project, and there was a, a lot of emotion positive around that. But it took time for that market to build up. And so once equity crowdfunding was actually released in the U.S., um, it was interesting because it was very slow to start out and people had a lot of negative uh, reaction, but the reality is, like, it takes time to educate entrepreneurs and get out there and touch base with all of those companies. Um, and the investors are still learning here, too. It's going to take a while to pick up. So... Um, I think a lot of people will see value initially, and those people will be drawn yeah. to the field, but don't expect, you know, all of a sudden uh, 100 companies are going for, like, a $5 million, uh, like, you know, pre-IPO the first couple months. So, yeah. temper yeah. expectations. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so that other campaign that you were talking about before I kind of butted into that question, you were saying, you know, they had a large database, they had a large thing. So, so people right now, if they're looking to equity crowdfund in the months ahead, it kind of sounds like they should be building community and, and focusing on that in the interim anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one of the hallmark things about being an entrepreneur is just building your, you know, your network. And so if you're an entrepreneur and you don't have that network and you go into an equity crowdfunding campaign, you're going to be sort of banging your head against the wall pretty quickly because, you know, you just need people to take notice of it. You should be a company that has a big email list already in place or users that really like your product and have asked you to invest already. Those are generally the best businesses uh, in terms of results. And, 
you know, one other thing is the syndicate model in the U.S. where you can have one big lead investor, you know, start around. Um, that's hugely helpful as well. You know, the kind of dream of going on there and getting $100 from, say, I don't know, like five, you know, 50,000 investors, like that's probably, you know, not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So the, you, like, let's, let's change gears. I mean, you're a huge sports fan. What are you up to in the world? Like, I know you're, you know, you're in the process of launching something and I haven't alluded to it too much. So share with us, like, what you see, like, where you're going, what's happening. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I've always been a huge sports fan. And one thing that always drew me to sports, which I think also drives this sort of uh, crowdfunding uh, obsession as well, is I love numbers and I love statistics and probability. Um, and so I've just I've followed um, professional football and baseball in this country, you know, like fanatically my whole life. So um, I learned sort of the salary caps, and uh, the players. And so, um, you know, for a long time, there was sort of this idea of trading stock in a player. And so um, I'm trying to bring that to real life in a scenario where, you know, a player earlier on in his career can actually sell uh, part of his future earnings uh, in a company to the public, thereby, you know, making his fans actual, like, investors in him. Um, and, you know, it helps the player's marketability as well. You're touching all of those uh, fans and, you know, you can build a, a group of people that are really rooting for you. And, uh, you know, you can have a nice chunk of change in your pocket in the beginning of your career. So um, without giving away too many trade secrets, that's uh, one thing that I'll be touching on. Um, and then the other is, you know, uh, anything else in the sports space, whether it's sports tech, uh, sports media, um, I'm going to be doing, you know, capital raises and helping them through that process on our platform. Um, you know, we really think that one of the keys to getting crowdfunding off the ground is to, you know, deliver deals that people will be able to relate to and really say, hey, like, I'm going to go on this platform and I'm going to invest, say, you know, $200 out of my biweekly paycheck. Like, we think people are going to need to be passionate about whatever it is and, quite frankly, to understand what they're getting into. So, uh, yeah, we view that as a very viable uh, plan by That's know, an incredible idea. So they basically they get to sell – you know, like they get to sell, get to sell kind of shares in themselves, so to speak, these sports players, so they can grow their career faster and more rapidly. Um, are you noticing? Absolutely. Are you noticing sort of? Are you noticing any trends where this is already happening? Like, I mean, you're about to roll this out, and people, you have to follow what Thomas does with this because it's an exciting, incredible idea. It's got so many legs. Are you seeing like? Did, where did you where did you cotton onto this idea originally? Like, apart from the that, you know, following your, your sports star fans, like, have you seen this work in other spaces or anything like that? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, this has been going on in the film industry and uh, those sort of things for a long time. Like, actresses and actors mm. a lot of times will sell 
part of their royalties. Um, so it's just sort of another um, application of that idea. And um, there's actually one company which is still in business who uh, they did sort of IPOs for a couple of players, um, uh -huh. but they are not targeted towards non-accredited investors. So, um, you know, there have been iterations of it in different ways, and uh, I just think that this is, you know, one way to kind of like capitalize on a couple of different hot things at the right moment. So hopefully it works, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, cool. Well, that's awesome. And so um, just in crowdfunding in general, what are you noticing trend-wise at the moment, Thomas? Like what are you seeing that you're liking? Like is there any any strategies or any particular things you're noticing are working better than others? Yeah, another great question. I think one of the hugely beneficial things that I've seen in a lot of the very successful campaigns here is I think video, uh, having, you know, whether it's a 60 or 90 second video of the founder explaining the product and where you're at um, you know, I think that can be hugely powerful because when people go onto the site, you only have a limited amount of time. And by showing them a video, it keeps them engaged and it allows you to tell them the entire story in a lot of cases. So your engagement rates are just better. Um, so I would say that's well worth the investment for any entrepreneur doing a crowdfunding campaign. Yep, um, got it. And got then... It. Um, what was my other – I had one more example. Um, <laughs> That's so good. Of the video or all right, if it come, if it comes, uh, Yeah, that, well, there, yeah, there's definitely that. And then I think the other things we mentioned, you know, kind of having a big user base. Um, oh, and the other thing I was going to say is uh, this is just the general rule for, I think, anybody raising money or any entrepreneur with any business – you know, you need to be able to succinctly explain what you're doing to people within 30 seconds, um, you know, or you're just not going to capture their attention. It's just kind of yeah, a rule sure. of thumb. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, if you, can't, if you can't explain it simply and palatably, how they expected to consume it, for sure, for sure. So, uh, Thomas, like, what do you, like, if someone was going to, you know, they, they're, they're setting up a crowdfunding campaign tomorrow, they're about to, you know, go down the process of it. Let's, let's, let's do a hypothetical of a, uh, one of those sports stars, right? They're going to go pre-sell some of their career. Where, would, where should they start? Where should they start? Um, so the, the campaign's going to launch tomorrow, you're saying? Well, no, not necessarily. Like a pre-campaign, like so, you know, okay. they've, they've started building community. Like, what, what, what are the things they need to think about? What are the gates they need to go through from the start? Sure. So, uh, you know, this is for any business, or let's say for an athlete in general. Let's uh, go for an athlete. Yeah, athlete specifically. Sure. Let's do that. Let's sure. dive into that. Let's, okay. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, there's. Uh, a couple of groups of people I think this makes sense for. So one is, let's say, a player who is just coming out of college and going into the NFL. So we need to actually, it's going to be my job to 
inform the athletes that this is available and tell them the benefits. So uh, we need to get connected at some point. And with the player in general, um, you know, I think, um, one, it's, you know, you have to really understand what you're doing because this is kind of like a, there are responsibilities. So, you know, that's sort of a process of education that I would, I'll have to make happen, but for the player in general, yeah, you need to understand the product. You'll come to us. Um, we'll have some sort of proposal and come to evaluation, but then we need to put together the information for the player on the website. So that's going to take, you know, back and forth sort of like a month. Um, for the uh, player, I think it's – I'm sorry. Oh no, that's that's cool. I was saying I was just agreeing with you, just 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 listening. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I'm just sort of rambling, but um, so you know, we would pick a date for the campaign. Um, my mm -hmm. side would make sure all of the proper paperwork is filed. We would have escrow accounts set up, um, and the player is just gonna, you know, have to. Uh, hopefully be building up excitement on his social media, um, building up the marketing, okay. hiring a lawyer. Um, yep. All of those things. So let me ask happen. you this question. So, you, you, said, you said something really interesting in here that I've got a question about. So you said the player's got to put a valuation on themselves. How do they come up with that? Sure. So let's take a player out of college um, who's a later round draft pick in the NFL. Um, you know, we would basically take uh, a couple of different uh, statistical formulas of precedent players and what they end up getting paid uh, when they okay. become a free agent or throughout their entire career. Um, and you can sort of project what the length of the careers will be. Um, so you can kind of project the career earnings within a certain value range and then Mm -hmm. uh, we sort of work backwards from there. Um, yep. And then, you know, you can add in other variables. So um, sort of that's the process. A player would sell, let's say, you know, 5% of his future earnings. Um, uh -huh. And he may, you know, raise somewhere in the neighborhood of 500K. So it would be putting him at a $10 million valuation um, if that's in the range of sort of other prospects there, as long as it's in the neighborhood, um, you know, it can work. Uh, so that would sort of be how the process would work. We'd use, you know, precedent players that are, you know, uh, close ratings-wise, and uh, all of these are sort of numbers that we can kind of uh, work backwards to without giving away too many secrets. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's short. That's cool. It just helps give an overview. I mean, this, this is something that people, if they're excited about, they need to, you know, get in touch with yourself and, and have the conversation. Um, and, and what's your timeline? Like, how, how, how far into the future should we expect to see this equity crowdfunding in sports stars? Like, where, what stage, like, are you at? How long you got left until it's up? Sure. So, uh, we were very lucky. Uh, we started this about... Uh, four to five months ago, and we were lucky enough to last week uh, receive an offer for the full amount of the seed round we were seeking. So uh, 
you know, we're sort of on our, uh, on our timeline now. We're going to be uh, preparing everything we need to uh, legally become accepted, and this could be a reality in, uh, I would say, three, three and a half months. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I guess all the listeners who are, who are up to this point of the podcast are pretty excited to see how that goes down and uh, super grateful for your insights into the future of crowdfunding and where it's heading for us all. So thank you so much for sharing with us today, Thomas. And, and I, I do have one question that I'll ask every interviewee, um, which is, you know, uh, if you were to meet someone right now, let's say that athlete, and you just had to give them some words of encouragement as they're about to go down this crowdfunding gauntlet, uh, what would you have to say to them? Uh, what would I have to say to them? That's a good question. Uh, hmm. Wow, that is a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I would job. say just, Buckle your seatbelt, you know. I mean, it's kind of going to be a little bit of a wild ride. Crowdfunding is, uh, it won't be easy. It's sort of a little bit of a, a stretch within the campaign, but the benefits are worth it. So, um, you know, that's what I would say. Be ready for the unexpected. And, you know, just keep a positive outlook. Like, it's not the end of the world if you fail. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, so Thomas, how do people get in touch if they wanted to connect in with you, buddy? Yeah, sure. So uh, you can add me on LinkedIn. Um, you can contact me on Twitter. We have Global Sports Fund Twitter account. Uh, my personal one uh, is at cap underscore figure. And um, you can also just email me directly, Tom at globalsportsfunds.com, and uh, I pretty much respond to every email. So uh, don't all spam me at once, but uh, I get back to everyone. <laughs> so reach reach out to me with whatever it is. That's awesome. Thanks, Tom, and uh, stay on the line. I'll have a quick chat to you. But thank you for joining us with the listeners, and uh, really appreciate having you on the show. Yeah, thanks so much, Roscoe. Have a great day. Bye. Cheers.